Welcome to episode 11 of the Bloke Pod. It's another snippet show. We take our first caller with a suggestion for the iPod for hell. Action rants about, well, things that action rants about. We have a suggestion for the rule that we'd most like to change in every sport. We take the AFL quiz of five shots from five places and just a couple of other little bits and pieces along the way. So, sit back and enjoy the show. I'm going to tap into my former former role as a market research stats guru. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. I, I can say it with a straight face. Why couldn't you accept it with one? <laughs> Do you really want an answer to that? <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> um, and have a go at Jeep. Okay, for starters, do you have to get people that are so fucking retarded that they have to repeat 14 times the ad, she bought a Jeep? She bought a Jeep? Yes, she bought a Jeep! It's been established, just get over it. And secondly, the fact that people have to keep repeating that line with such disbelief is actually a sad indictment of your brand, because no one can actually believe that she bought a Jeep. I mean, you're really just basically giving your brand a backhanded compliment within the ad. I've only got one bit of advice for you, Dick. Yes. Don't hold back. Congratulations, you're the first person on Bloke Pod conference call. How do you feel? Bloke Pod conference call? Right yeah. Now. Yeah, right now. <laughs> <laughs> your, your, uh, your induction into uh, iPod for Hell. <laughs> Alright, so, you know what really gets my goat? Is Goatier. Yeah. <laughs> Or however you want to yeah. pronounce him, you know. Got, got you, got ya. Yeah, need, need just somebody who's a brain dead hoe, you know. <laughs> Alright, we should probably stop talking over our first ever correspondent. This yeah. is Adam, uh, Adam the Bagman Wilson yeah. on speakerphone. Adam, lay it on us. Adam! Adam! <laughs> We'll edit that part out. <laughs> Alright, Adam, we want, we want you to have a rant about Gautier. Have a rant? Yeah, we go. Um, Importantly, uh, they can't. The lip readers can't make out what he's saying either. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is true. Yeah. I kicked your monkey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bad man, by the way, I did actually kick your monkey. Apologies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
And there's a, there's actually a new one out as well, which is based on Kobe Bryant and the LA Lakers, which is worth checking out as well. I couldn't get that at work. My buddy work blocks all the good sites. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is it. Yeah, it's actually on Perth now today. Oh really? Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, having a go at Kobe. Kobe, you're not the player that we used to know. So, <laughs> now you're not the player that we used yeah. to know. There it is. Yeah. But you didn't have to take that shot. Just drive the lane and dump it off to either power or by numb. Those two guys are really tall, and when you keep it for yourself, we never score enough. You didn't have to hog the ball. You're triple team, so kick it out to either Blake or Sessions. I know that they don't shoot so well, but you're really not the Kobe that we used to know. You're really not the Kobe that we used to know. So well worth it, but yes, certainly a very a very valid um, suggestion for the for the iPod from Hell. We were yep. we were working our way to uh, towards it and putting them on there, and uh, yeah, yes, and and we'd like to thank Adam for being our first ever ever um, well listener with correspondent, wouldn't yeah. we? Yeah, as I said, as I said to you during this week, it's a key step on our journey towards podcast legitimacy. If you could change any one rule in any sport in the world, what would it be? Well, I can't. I can't even pretend to know every rule in every sport. But the one that really pisses me off is the umpires going back to check for a no ball when a wicket has actually fallen. That just really shits me to tears because I mean, and if I can extend that to even having the no ball check at the start of any LBW or court behind referral. The fact is that the umpire has already adjudicated on that decision. The only reason you're referring it is whether is to determine whether or not he's at LBW or caught behind. Now, I don't care whether or not he technically was over the line. The umpire has made his adjudication on that decision. You've got to move on. Mm. But there was a very, very good comment into Crick Info, and he said it's, it's, like, it's like waiting until someone gets to the top of the class with bad handwriting, and then telling them once they get to the top of the class, no, you're not top of the class because their handwriting's that bad. You're not getting any warning all along with these no balls. Like, you could be bowling five no balls and over, and the umpire wouldn't be calling them, but then suddenly, because a wicket's fallen, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, we better check for the no ball. And that's, yeah, it just, it just bugs me. It's the umpire's basically just taking advantage of the fact that, oh, we can just replay every delivery ad nauseum now if we want to. It's, yeah, it's frustrating. Look down, make the decision on the no ball, and if you haven't called it, then don't let the third umpire overrule you when you're trying to um, refer a different part of the delivery as a, de- as a decision. Like when you're trying to refer whether something's LBW or caught behind. You've made your decision on the no ball, it's done, it's dusted. Whether or not it was one, you've already made that call. Move on. Mine would be the, the holding the ball with the sliding in, uh, in Australian rules football. It's not so much if you're diving on the ball and not doing anything about it. What I get frustrated is, is that guys will dive on the ball, all of a sudden three guys will jump on his back, give him absolutely no opportunity to get the ball out. In some cases, hold the ball in no. underneath the guy, and he gets penalised. 
as far as I'm concerned, if you're playing a sport, you sh- the, the whole priority of you doing what you should be doing is about you making the play. And you, you being, winning the ball. Yeah. Yep. You taking control of the situation, doing everything that you possibly can in order to win your contest and win the ball. And that that rule and that decision, in many respects, completely flies in the face of everything that's going on there. And you can tell how bad it is now, because the tackling players have learned to actually hold the ball in themselves in order to get the other the opposing player pinged for holding the ball. Yeah. And so what will happen is Dickhead Anderson and his mob will bring in another rule to correct that rule in order to make the other rule work properly. It's just silly. Like, and yes, that does make no sense, and that's exactly what yeah. Adrian Anderson's all about. And that was the entire point of my incoherent yeah. statement, was yeah. to try to get the logic of what this guy does yeah. out there into the masses. It makes no sense. He makes no sense. The rule makes no sense. GJ, one source of, of particular angst for me this week is Dyson Hypel, as you like to call Or hype. Yeah, exactly. Dyson or hype is yeah. like to call it. Yes. Mate, I was looking at the bye weeks and I was thinking, you know what, I need someone who's a defender who's got a bye in round 12. Who's a seagull. Well, yeah, you know, he's picking up a lot of cheap stats. Yeah. The new Nick Del Santo, if you will. And I was having a look around, and I was like, yeah, this, this Dyson Heppel's all right. I know JJ doesn't like him, but he's looking, you know, he was around the 400 grand mark at the time, and I was like, he's averaging about 100. So I was like, you know, he's looking good. And then I had a look at the fixtures. I was like, oh, before the buy, he's got GWS and Melbourne in back-to-back weeks. You little beauty, you little Ronnie Coote, let's get him in there. He's missed both of those weeks with injury, and Heath Shaw this week, on, on, the, on the cusp of a Gold Coast bonanza, is also out injured, so now I've got 879 grand sitting on the pine in my back line. I had to play Brandon Ellis this week. Brandon Ellis! Can I make a counter-argument here? They're playing Gold Coast and Sydney and Melbourne. Yeah. How much do you think the ball's getting in their back line? Yeah, but it's Hebel. <laughs> it's Hebel. You bob up anywhere. It's modern football, mate. There is no such thing as a back line and a forward line anymore. There's just this roaming pack that you could throw a tissue over any time the ball is in, you know, in, in a contest. So, anyway, oh, that's, that's not happy. Not that's, happy. Yeah. Fucking St. Kilda. Well, Mr. Jackson, today was a momentous day. Apparently, it's National Buddy Day. Yeah. I don't know why they're dedicating a day to Buddy Franklin when he's what twenty-two, thirty-nine for the year now. Yep. And let me just say that there was a there was a definitive turning point this season, and the turning point was when he released the Buddy Ball. Yeah. Since then, he's been no buddy of mine. I can tell you that much. He's been crap in front of goals. Is it? I, is it? Do you think it's made? It's not a good endorsement for his product. He's, no. he's using the buddy ball. And it's not. Well, I certainly hope he's. If he is using it, he should cut that shit out right now because he's just terrible in front of goals at the moment. And yeah, why anyone would want to be taking goal kicking advice or using his ball, whatever? This is the other thing I haven't been able to get. How does it differ from an AFL ball? Yeah. What's special about it? Well, I don't know. I mean, Timbo just made a really good point a couple of minutes ago, which is on the lines of, well, you know, it's a football. You kick it on the, you kick it on the end. That's what you do. Pretty, pretty much, no matter what you do, you kick it on the end. It's just how you hold the ball. Yeah. So yeah, 
I, I still want to know what makes it different from normal football, though. It's not. Got, no one's been able to. Answer apart that. with the word buddy on it, maybe. Yeah, you know? Exactly. That's yeah. it. Which yeah. frankly cheapens its value this year. It's got to be waiting for the buddy arc, though, doesn't it? Yeah, well, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Maybe that's the yeah. problem. Yeah, the umpires won't ping you for running off your line if you're using the buddy ball. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's the problem. It doesn't counter for the arc. That's where he's getting himself caught out. Yeah, he's too yeah. used to using it. He's become accustomed to the buddy ball. So when he's actually using an AFL share, and yeah. he's shot to shit. Yeah. Oh, well, buddy. You're not Dan's buddy. No. What are your buddy going to do about it? You buddy dickhead. <laughs> Dan, it's been an interesting week down in the port. The Frio fans are revolting. In both senses of the word. Oh, that was that was glorious. In both senses oh, of the word. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm a little bit confused by this. They do know that they do know that Ross Lyon was coaching them. They do know that Ross, Ross what Ross Lyon's been doing. Why the hell is it all of a sudden a shock when a Ross Lyon team plays defensive? They knew what they were getting themselves into. Let's 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 be very clear about that. But I mean, uh, uh, everything else withstanding. Why is everybody panicking all of a sudden? The team's five and four. Well, I, mean, I was going to say, right? They were five and two yeah. two weeks ago. They've since then had the misfortune of coming up against what could very realistically be this year's grand finalists yeah. in back-to-back weeks. Yes, they've played one decent half of footy in those two matches, and suddenly everyone's jumping on the anti-Frio bandwagon. I mean, the fact is that they had already been this very dour, defensive, sort of just grind them out team before that, but now suddenly when it's not getting them the four points every week, everyone's changed their tune. They were never going to win those two games, let's face it, this season. They were, realistically, you could never expect them to go to Tasmania and beat Hawthorne or win the Eagles home game derby. Thank you for making the point I was actually about to make for me, which is absolutely (laughs) golden. The... I guess the thing that really perplexes me with regards to this, you know, it's it's a little bit of a rod. Ross Lyon builds a rod for his own back in many respects. Fremantle supporters want them to win. He invents a style of football that actually gives him a chance to win those games, but it's ugly as all shit. Yeah. But he's giving them a chance to win. Okay, yeah. they don't win. Oh, because they don't win, we're, now, we're playing this ugly style of football and we don't win. This is horrible. It doesn't work like I mean, that. I mean, if they had kept going with that at half time where they were 20 all, and it was just a god awful match to behold, but they were competing. I mean, had they won that match 40 to 39, what would the response have been this week? Yeah, it would have been. He would be. He would be the second coming right now. Well, yeah. I mean, look, the issue is, is the issue that I see it is, is that he's trying to play an idiot style game at Subiaco mm. Oval. I, I was at that game and I sat there at half time, and I was sitting there going, "There's no way in the world the Dockers are going to win this game." I could just tell because they had so they put so many guys behind the ball, they'd completely lost their forward line structure. And it was only a matter of time before the Eagles guys kind of took over that game. Well, I think someone made... It may have been Jared Healy, which makes me less yeah, less pleased about quoting it. But, but someone said uh, during the telecast um, that at the end of the day, you can look at tactics and, and all that you want, but at the end of the day, you do also have to look at talent. Mm. And the fact is that on paper... That West Coast side is head and shoulders above Fremantle right now. I mean, mm. I think that I think they did well to keep it close for a half. 
Well, West, I think West Coast that, are I on think, top of the ladder right now. Well, the cold, the cold hard reality is, is that Frio didn't put the score on the board in the first quarter when they were dominating the game. The scoreboard flattered them at half time. I think the ten scoring shots to five mm. was a true indictment of what was actually going on. But you, you do make an incredibly valid point. I mean, if Ross Lyon doesn't have the talent, what he's got to do is try and build yeah, a game plan. Exactly what he's doing. Talent. Yeah, and I mean, the fact is, the West Coast have lost one game this season. They're on top of the ladder. They haven't been beaten at Subiaco Oval in their last 15 matches. I think, yeah, I think the, yeah, the response that has come this week on the back of that result is completely disproportionate to the actual performance on the day. Yeah, and I, I just think that it's one of these things we can talk about this in many respects. It's just a statistical aberration. Yep. relative to everything else that's going on. And I wouldn't be shocked if they came out and won this week. No, absolutely not. They're a very good chance to win this week. And to be honest, this this is the sort of match on which they should be judged, I think. Absolutely, yeah. If they, if they get thumped this week, yeah. Then, then, you, yeah, then perhaps there's some cause for alarm. But the fact that they've lost to Hawthorne in Tasmania and West Coast at a West Coast home derby... Is, is really nothing to be ashamed of because I don't think there are many teams in the competition who could go one and one from yeah. that from that particular sequence of games, let alone two and And then again, also, the, I guess the flip side argument that I have to to this as well is that it's actually a good habit for him to be putting defensive mechanisms in place for a team that have historically been front runners anyway. Yeah. So there's some good principles there for these fringe guys in the hope that they can. Bob up and become better players. I, I still come back to our first point, though. When they had Mark Harvey with one year left on his contract and they signed Ross Lyon instead in the dark of night, they knew what they were getting themselves into. Absolutely. So it's a bit too late to be crying foul now. And I, I think that that's the point. Is that it's, I don't think that internally they're worried about that. I'm just surprised at the media's reaction to, that, to mm. this, whole, this whole thing. A game like this was eventually going to happen no matter what when it came to Fremantle this yeah. year. Why are, we, why are they all so shocked by it? It just baffles me, and it just goes to show that the media, the media when it comes to professional football, have, the, uh, <laughs> have about a two-week memory, and that's yeah, about it. That's right. I mean, they were 5-2. and two. That's what I'll keep coming back to. Yeah. Have they ever been 5-2 and two in their history? Uh, maybe a couple of times, yeah. but probably not very often. Yeah, not at all. So I think, yeah, things, reports of their demise has been great, have been greatly exaggerated. Let's put it that way. And can, I, and can I segue into another point? Has anyone else noticed that Jamie Rogers is looking a hell of a lot more rootable in the most recent TAB sports bet ads? I mean, I'm starting to think I would hit that shit now. Go, Jamie. You're on. <laughs> we'll, 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 give you, we'll give you like 100 to 1 for success. <laughs> yeah. the, market, the market's updated. There it is, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Well, I'm just, yeah, I'm just waiting until I wake up and then, you know, look over to the pillow next to me and I hit Jamie Rogers here. <laughs> okay, Dan, question time for you. Let's do it. If you could win $5 million for having five different AFL current day players accurately kicking five different shots at goal, which players would you pick from each of the following categories? Jeez. This is a post that was on Big... Big footy. I, I, I like the idea and I like the concept. Right. Curious to get your input. Here's the five different shots. We'll work through them all. I'm keen to hear your input, then I'll give you mine. I have to think about it, but yeah, let's go. First one, 
50 metres out on a 45 degree angle. 50 out? Yep. I'd go someone like... Now, you, uh, I don't know that you'll like this one, but I'll go Travis Cloak, because I think from that sort of distance, he just he just backs himself in and, and kicks through the ball. I'm laughing because that's exactly who I would have oh, really? as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Travis Cloak, 30 out, not so much. But when yeah. Travis Cloak has to really punch hard through the ball, yeah. he's a very accurate kick at goal. So I'm pretty comfortable with that pick, yeah. So All right. second shot, 35 metres out on the boundary line. You choose from which side and what type of kick. Cyril Rioli, just bending it, uh, giving it the grubber. Uh, he kicked a very good one against... West Coast, um, and I'd, I'd take him just kicking at um, the grubber, um, the, what's it called, the check side, yeah. the check side grubber from the right-hand side, I'd go. I'll take Steve Johnson. Mm, yep. Across so the body. Is, is he going to put the ball down and show that the, yeah. um, the, the, the guy's not five metres yeah, away? If he doesn't get a 50-metre penalty, <laughs> I figure his his approach and the way that he, he's thought that through, it's clearly something that he's practised a lot, so I'm pretty comfortable with him choosing that. Yeah. Third pick, straight running goal from 50 metres. Shannon Hearn. Because I think from deep... He's, he's got he his 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 kicks from long are like a tracer bullet, and if I couldn't go him, the other one I'd consider is Stephen Hill because when he kicks from from beyond fifty, he's got probably the best conversion rate of of anyone I've I've watched over the last few years. He always seems to nail them from outside fifty. Yep, yeah, well I'm, I'd take Shannon as well. Yeah. He's. Uh, for the for the reasons so we're not giving much interest. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think the reason I think Shannon's probably kicked about thirty goals in the AFL, and I reckon all of them bar two have been from outside fifty yeah. meters. Um, the fourth one, a full time ruckman from forty meters out, straight in front. We're just talking about this one. I take David Hale because he looks pretty ungainly in his run up, but when he when he takes a mark inside your forward fifty. I'd put my money on him over any other ruckman in the league yeah. right now. Yeah, I've had a bit of a think about this one. Todd Goldstein's somebody who I'd seriously consider, but um, I'm going to go with it. I don't know if he qualifies as a full-time ruckman anymore, actually, <laughs> but uh, I'd take Dean Cox. Yeah. Um, I just think that he's the most highly skilled ruckman we've ever seen play the game with his foot skills. And Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with whilst that. Whilst yeah. he's been a little bit more wayward as of late, Generally, the last couple of years with his kicking a goal, I still feel that uh, I'd like him over anyone else. Yeah. The final pick inside the centre square, and I've already used Shannon Hearn. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I tell you what, uh, no, but this is going to sound like a bit, a bit of collusion. But I'd then go Mackenzie. Yeah, there's probably. I'd have to say. I reckon there's three go- uh, outside of Shannon Hearn. I reckon there's three guys that I'd consider with this with this pick. Mackenzie, it's, Mackenzie being one, and he'd probably be the guy I would pick as well. But you already picked him though. Not have Mackenzie. You? No, I haven't. You said the cannon. I no, I said Shannon. No, but didn't you say the cannon for like the, the no first Shannon? Time? I said I'd take Shannon as well. Shannon Hearn. So I take I would take Shannon Hearn with oh, okay. straight pick from thirty. Trent, Trent McKenzie would be from inside the centre square. He'd be, right. he'd be my probably my number one pick. Two other guys who would be significantly underrated in this, but would also be pretty good picks would be Dustin Fletcher, yeah, from Essendon, who's who's probably the best exponent of the torpedo punt going around. 
The second one who I've taken is based on prior history, Brendan Goddard. See if you can find the YouTube clip of Brendan Goddard kicking a goal from the centre square against Fremantle at Subiaco Oval. Well, the other that one... Ball, he kicked that ball from about 65 metres out and it went through goalpost height. The other one I was going to say is even someone like Quentin Lynch. He's a possibility as well, yeah, although with Quentin Lynch, you're never quite sure where it's going to go. Yeah, <laughs> but from, from that far out, you'd usually be comfortable. I'd be more comfortable with him from that distance than from anywhere inside 50. So we've agreed on Cloak, Shannon Hearn, and Trent McKenzie. <laughs> yeah, uh, we've gone slightly different. With uh, I've gone Cyril Rioli, and you've gone um, um, Steve Johnson. Steve Johnson, yeah. And um, full time ruckman, I've gone with Cox, and you've gone with uh, Hale. So, but anyway, like interesting. It. Interesting. We'd be curious to hear what other people have to think about this. So. Send us through your thoughts and comments to the bloke pod at advancedanalytics.com.au. And listen to our podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Well, that's it for another show. So until next time, see you later.